Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts Ayla Hadi, Allison Weaver, and Johnny Pinea. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. One day, one day we will go and see Le Nozzi de Figaro. We'll go to the Teatro Real in Madrid, you and me, and maybe Johnny too. And we will, we will give you a really good upbringing. I will be with you in Spain for Figaro. And then we can go get paella. You want to see me cry? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a great opera. I love it. I, I cry. I'll start with I cry. <laughs> I tell you, I, oh, you know, and it's just tears of joy. It's those tears it's of so gratitude. Beautiful. The tears we'll of We'll take you one time. Is, You'll come with us. And then we can, we yeah. can have a, we'll do the whole thing. This is how the, oh, the, the how the night we'll, of the opera goes. I will like, you know, do deep sobbing. You know, we can do a deep oh. sobbing as a group, you know. Kind of like really like, <laughs> Sounds like, quite cathartic. Right it is. Out there, you know? So, so I'll we tell you how. <laughs> so I'll tell you how a lot of people do the night at the opera, right? So you go mm-hmm. to the, you first go to the pre pre opera drinks or cocktails, and sometimes if you're a member of the opera, like for example, um, I've been a member of these things. I'm about to renew my membership finally for Shanghai Opera because I love those singers and Shanghai Ballet, even though I don't love their venue. <laughs> but uh, basically you have your your pre-show drinks usually or like some house party if you want or you or you having something like hors d'oeuvres, whatever. Then you go for, di- for uh, the uh, opera, which is several hours. And by that time, you're very hungry. So a lot of people will go out to dinner afterward. Either you're going out with the talent or you're going out with whoever you're there. And they even have like little dinner rooms inside of the operas. Like for example, Teatro Real has like, like a place where you can have your after show gala, whatever you want, or you can have like a private party and like a small little room. So it's very much a social event. Right. And then after that, there's the la di da, whatever else happening, happening. And eventually people go back home very, very, very late or not even to their house, depending on what situation. But basically the whole thing is like a whole night of event is very, very community. Uh organized um, and it's really communal uh, as i would say there's a certain Mm -hmm. group of people that get together because they love opera so they'll either go out for drinks whatever it's a pretty much a big big thing so if you get invited to go to the opera you're not just getting invited to go to the opera you're getting invited to go to this whole night of different things usually depending on the circle but in spain it's more like a family matter if you will and uh, so, yeah, if you went with us, for example, we could do a abbreviated version of this in which we would go to the show and then go to dinner. But there is a place that makes really good, really, really good paella right by the oh. opera. And oh, my, my, I miss that place. I'm game. All the singers I go am, there. I'm I bet you watch the sun come up. You, know, you got to watch the sun come up. You know, yes. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing yeah. is you need like three shots of espresso beforehand. You would, yes. <laughs> <laughs> three shots of espresso. I wouldn't even touch my left tooth. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm really not pulling. I can sit and drink espressos all night doubles. One after the other. I used One to be able to other. do that. I well, can't you know, do that now. With, like, you know, I used to drink it. I'd have a side of soda water, maybe. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Coffee. I mean, I could, no, I'm not. I really Coffee, I can drink food. a lot of it and be okay. You know. But not as, not, not I can't do cortados. Can you do cortado? Yeah. For like, yeah, I, cortados? Do, I can't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do cortado, but. You see, some people, the coffee is, is it's a delicate thing, uh, according to a person's system, you know? Yeah. Nothing worse than, anyway, anyway, it's another <laughs> Now we digress into coffee. I love it. That's yeah. great. Well, but nutrition, yeah. nutrition, why not? 
Yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's this like a whole opera. there's a whole culture around this art form that I think it, that they're preserving now. And I think it's something really nice to see how there's a lot of uh diversity in the art form now because they're starting to recruit from developing countries from places all around the world and doing more competitions. Uh, and I'm not just saying this because of the lovely talent we have, because she's not, not, not a breakthrough in any sense, because there's been plenty of other artists that have done that in yeah. the past um, decades. But, yeah. But she's, she's somebody that I, I think is just really going to, to hit if she just has one or two more things, maybe she'll she'll just blow up like I don't know La Scala or someplace, and that would be the mm-hmm. that would be the hit. Oh. That would be the hit. I, for me, you know, it's, it's it's always like I look at the performance that I looked at there, and for me, that performance at that moment, right there and there, that is the ultimate. Yeah, she did it. She did uh, it. It's like for now, well, because that is it is. What what happens in the coming day? Uh, it does or doesn't. Whatever it does, it'll do. Um, we never know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the beauty of what I love about her and her performance and her, 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 her whole way of using her voice is the way she uses a certain seduction in it mm, that mm-hmm. is not obvious. It is not in your face. Yeah. It is yep. not in any way. It is so subtle. And it's a beautifully subtly like done by her. And to have that kind of control at that age, to have that assurance within mm-hmm. uh, and still mm-hmm. remain with the sort of innocence and absolute innocence in her. And, and the fact that she even takes the scene and like, even when singing, like we're not in the opera, we're just doing the number. But in the number itself, she has built up those emotions so strongly in, in yes. rehearsal that while she's doing it, you can see her approach to that woman. And I mean, it's a, always a difficult, mm-hmm. a hell of a difficult part to play. I mean, Carmen, any of them, you know, they always go for the same line, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pretty woman, uh, all of these things. They really, really, um, and, to take that kind of concept, like where the first thing that comes at you when they mention the, um, the, the opera is that like, oh, she was a courtesan. Oh, oh, she was a courtesan. So now like, okay, so now you're playing courtesan, okay. And like you sit and you go, well, well how does a courtesan? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hard. Unless you know really, You know, what's the problem with that? I mean, what do you want me to do? You know, what do you want me to flash my, you know, bum around? You know, what do you want? <laughs> you know? Like, no, I'm serious. It really is. Because this theme follows through so often, and I've seen it so often, and I've seen it approached by so many incredible women. And, 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 and the courage and strength that each woman has approached it with. Um... And then I saw hers, and hers was delicate as a butterfly. Mm-hmm. And all I saw was vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability. Delicate vulnerability at a time where she is now feeling these feelings of love. The worst thing that can happen. It's the worst mm-hmm. in her position. She's battling to get through that in the play. And now, boom, bam, not even a dude of money, man. It's like kind of you're going with a guy who's like, not really, hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, you don't know, understand at all, but your emotion and the way she does it, it's like, it is just so beautiful to look at her face as she's singing. Yes, it was and gorgeous. And in those eyes, you can, I can see the, this innocence in her eyes and the absolute fear, as you see. Mm-hmm. The terror within the ecstasy of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know I go for a little bit of boasty there, you know, but you should see some of the Cape Town critics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, no, 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 I don't mean to diss anybody. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not anybody, <laughs> don't mention do any names. I do find it funny. It is. It's a review for crying out. It's a review. It's like, you know, 
and everything, the words are being used that no human being on this planet would ever hear in their lives, you know, again. Um, no, and, yeah, and, and, talking and about the critics, gosh. And, and it like sort of leans towards like it might even like launch you telling you like the, the, the weather for the rest of the country, you know. It like kind of goes, Oh, she was so delightfully mild, you know, and I'm so glad that she held her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how they oh, talk. She did such a wonderful thing. You know, the rest of the country, it will be miles to warm with a few thunder showers in the sun. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it is because I've lived there. See, I have lived there, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, and uh, it, it has a very special way about it. Um, but I always found with the theatre that the critics that I knew back then are all gone. Um, but in very similar, critics don't seem to change or, you know, um, they, they come at it with, 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 like, I suppose you have to carry it with a bit of, like, flamboyancy. Mm. Yeah, you know? Yeah. You've got to carry it with a bit of, the guys go for it, man. Whoa, they go for it. You know, when you read the reviews, it's like, truly, it's a work Yeah, the reviews are funny. I actually don't read reviews most of the time. So, um, Future of the Art Form, let's talk about, we talked about that a bit. In fact, we talked about it mostly, like how it's, it's adapting stuff. So we'll skip that. Um, but let's mm-hmm. talk about some industry news or interesting industry news. Yeah. Ah, okay. I have one about. I have one basic one, but you were you were saying you found your thing. Yes. Um, so I had wanted to bring up the music from uh, the Marvel show, The Moon Knight. This had come out um, a while back, earlier in the year, I think, like March or April, and um, it caused quite a stir internationally from my vantage point because I have not actually watched the show. I have been super behind with Marvel in general for years now. I got overwhelmed with the flood of releases. Uh, But the music for this show generated a lot of conversation. And yes, I remember. Yeah. 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 Like a lot of conversation on different, on different levels. And, um, I think a lot of it can be accredited to the head of the directing team, who is an Egyptian filmmaker named Mohamed Dieb. And he was chosen by Marvel to sort of head up the project as like the first time that they hired someone from the MENA region, which for listeners who aren't familiar with the acronym stands for Middle East and North Africa. And it's kind of a unique Um, position that they took in hiring him. And he, in turn, because much of the show is set in Egypt, decided to hire other Egyptian talent. And one of those being the composer, whose name is Hisham Nazih. And Hisham Nazih has created such a stir online because of his music choices that he made on the show. And I think we all know that historically Hollywood does not have the best track record with its depictions of the MENA region in general. Um, But the show kind of took that and turned it on its head. And one of the noted things that people noticed, this is kind of a little bit separate from the music, but ties it in, is that they did not use a typical yellow filter that is used whenever Hollywood films any sort of scenes that are supposedly set in the MENA region. Um, but that's kind of why the show stood out a lot and kind of going in with the tracks that he did. So people living in the diaspora, people who, you know, originally come from the MENA region or have ties to that, they have a certain set of songs that they resonate with very much. Mm-hmm. It's music that was uh, maybe released in the 50s and the 60s, stuff that like, parents and grandparents grew up with and brought with them. It's stuff that's pretty much still within the zeitgeist of uh, the MENA region to this day. You know, Mm -hmm. like thinking of the equivalents, let's think of like Frank Sinatra. You know, Frank Sinatra may have been popular in the 50s and 60s, but his relevance still carries on to this Mm -hmm. day. Um, And one of those was actually... uh, And people kind of lost their minds for this, is a song called made in Egypt. 
Um, and it's a remix of one of these old school songs by a very noted Egyptian singer named Abdul Halim Hafiz, who mm-hmm. I guess the only way to describe him would be like Egypt's or Mina's version of uh, Frank Sinatra. He is very much like a sensual, romantic singer with a very lovely voice. That's the best way to describe him. And they remixed the song, which would bring up also some recognition from people who are familiar with rap because um, it was sampled in one of Jay-Z's songs. And people don't know that, that that's originally yeah, a track from that, Abdel yeah. Halim Hafez. Yeah, yeah. Um, Timbaland kind of did that even with one of Aaliyah's songs. He sampled Middle Eastern music. Um, So people lost their minds over that. They're like, this sounds vaguely familiar. And it's not just even people within the diaspora, but it carried on to TikTok, social media. Um, People would commonly say things like, I don't know what's going on in the show because the show has like very much like a dreamy, um, confusing vibe. They're like, we don't know what's going on with the show, but we know that the tracks are going to be bangers, that we're going to have some amazing music, and we don't know what they're going to surprise us with. That was kind of the dialogue that was going on. I mean, he utilized so many old names. Um, we're talking like Warda, who was like an Algerian um, Lebanese singer. He remixed one of her famous tracks called Betwenness Beak, which is kind of is a dreamy romantic song about the beginning stages of love and feeling a little shy and, you know, uh, wanting to be near the object of your love. And he remixed that and that matches the vibes of the show, which is kind of this surreal, um, bending of dimensions sort of type of, uh, medium and that reflected in the music choices that he made. Um, and then in episode two, this is kind of when things hit a fever pitch on, uh, social media at the end of the episode, he played a song called Il Maluk, which is a subgenre of Egyptian music called Maharaganat. And it's had its fair share of controversies in the region. And he, his choice of that was interesting. He connected it more to the current of Egypt, the culture, um, and how Maharaganet is kind of seen as music of the younger generation of the working class. Um, and it's a song that's full of attitude and very much in your face. Even if you don't understand the words, you feel like yourself, you're, you're a powerful person in control of everything. So, Basically, Hisham Aziz did a wonderful job of incorporating different elements of Egyptian music, Mina music throughout the decades um, and remixing it and making it fit with the theme of the show. Um, I, I, I mean, I sometimes just listen to the soundtrack. He did a, a phenomenal job and it caused a lot of conversation, a lot of conversation. Yeah, I heard it was. I heard it was a. I heard it was a smash, for sure. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they will do with it coming up, and if they'll continue to be able to bring in those little nuances that will like keep the audience buzzing in a good way. Like, and I think that's brilliant because well, a lot of what we see coming out is not as great, and it's nice to see when someone really nails it. So yeah, and I also. Uh, Wanted to say this and ending our opera note. Um, this is an industry news. Just recently, when we were recording this podcast, uh, the Met Opera was recently cyber hacked. Cyber hacked. Their entire ticketing Whoa. system hacked. I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you do that? But anyway, yeah, they they hacked the whole system. And now they had to to sell through the Lincoln Center temporarily until their their new IT system got fixed. But I was like, wow, "Wow, first time I ever heard of the opera getting hacked. But of course, it's New York. So (laughs) 
is this their way of leveling the playing field and, and introducing opera to the masses? <laughs> Maybe something like that. <laughs> but yeah, that was a funny that was a funny story. Did you but know I, that Mesa was closed down last night? It was hacked. Really? Who? Meta is everything. It is all. It, it's everything. Oh, Meta got hacked as night. well? Oh, that's funny. Meta oh. got hacked last night and Meta will close down oh for a brief moment, for a while. Oh, that's funny. Now, when you got Meta something also that got big. Hacked. Who else got hacked? Because the I mean, Meta got hacked, Meta, Meta got hacked. You can hack Meta. Come on. Uh, Come on. <laughs> I wonder who else got hacked recently, but. Maybe they're just attacking M's. Meta, Met, I don't know. Yeah. The sand, the, the sand pit is like getting a little bit, you know, you know, when it happens in the sand pit. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing, yeah, the sand, gets, sand is being thrown all over the place. People are throwing things. The Egyptian thing, Egypt, Egypt, Africa, the whole of Africa. In order, there is no way to ever explain African, yeah. I take it as a whole. I don't take Egypt as separate. Uh, even though Egypt has its own definite and distinctive flavor, um, as each region has, but Africa is vastly different and, and inexplicable to anybody yes. in the sense of culture and how people approach things and why they approach them. And from a Western point of view, many things that occur in, in Africa are, are seen from a Western-like perspective, and, and, and you look at it and you go, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. But when you when you actually, like, understand and you start finding out, uh, you know, in the culture itself, what kind of things have been going on and why certain things are done the way they are, it is impossible. I, I mean this. That's why so many have come here and tried so hard and have failed. It wears you down, man. Mm. Because there's a patience in Africa that just sits. Just sits. Yeah, there's so much, uh, there's so many layers. Yeah, and that, to bring that to music, where you can, like, as you say, we'd be so used to the yellow filter. Oh, there we go. Africa, yellow filter. There we go. Every time I've done anything in Africa, oh, yellow filter. Oh, we're in Europe now. All right, we go there like slightly blue, slightly blue. Right. And, uh, uh, and you know, and then fire. Um, and then you're so right. But to do that in music is is uh, when you go to, to the artistry of, of the sublime, uh, it is it is truly uh, beyond the actual composer. It is beyond the 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 uh, creator of the music himself. Yeah, you, you feel that. You feel that in the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Egypt, of course, does. That's why everybody gravitates because Egypt's music is just so enticing and beautiful. Yeah, Egypt and Turkey are both winning. She, she yeah. came from Amira I mean, was telling me all about like you know, all the different she she got herself through uh, college doing belly dance. Mm-hmm. And she she's she's like a, a really like you know, well like I mean you know, slim, beautiful woman. She looks like a model. Um, brilliant actress. And and, and the, the dichotomies of, of Egypt. The dichotomies to which how do you explain it? Of, of, of age-old traditions, age-old, like, uh, patriarchal type of, like, uh, dictation and things like, you know, various aspects of it. But when you speak to me about the music and the way you were telling me about the music, it, it brought to me immediately all of what you were saying was, was bringing to me exactly, like, what, yeah, you put it very well. Is definitely will be open to discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, I, the music really kind of tapped in, I think, to sort of a communal experience for people because mm-hmm. it touched on the familiar. People really, really connected to the music on this show. It's truly wonderful. And I think it's a really gorgeous expression of what's yeah. possible when people finally stop doing the same thing they did all the time. 
Yeah. 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 And the, there have been so many interviews done with the composer Hisham and just the way he talks about the care that was, you, you can tell how much attention he put into the music, how much love he put into to it. And um, he also touched on how he wanted to create something that is representative of Egypt, but without worrying about doing something that's authentically Egyptian and something that defies Western expectations, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, say it. That's yeah. True. So he, yeah, he, he just came in and he was like, this is the Egypt that I know. And um, I'm going to create pieces to reflect that. And he touched on how even in Cairo, which is just one city in Egypt, you can go from one section to another section of Cairo and have completely different energy, completely different music. And he had that reflected. Yeah, he had that reflected in the music in one piece. Yeah. Yeah. That is to me, uh, has to be the absolute bottom. Uh, you know, it is all divine, uh, you know, it is, it is truly ole, Allah, whatever, whatever, you know. Allah, yeah. Yeah, ole, Allah. Allah, let's go. Because what happens is that spirit comes, and you see this, it's what you're speaking to me about right now. I, I, a man in that kind of position that has the feelings within, because you can't just access that kind of thing like that. It's not magic. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's yeah. not on order. It's not on order. It's either there or it's not there. And he had it with him. He had it. And he gave it respect. He yeah. gave respect. Yeah. And he took it with, with the beauty and gentleness that, that, that it needs. And approached it with the humility that he needs. You know, those, all these factors come into it. And when you feel it and you hear it and you understand that, like as you brought it to me, you brought it mm-hmm. to the thing. When you understand all of those components put together and a man that is like holding something that is almost like the most precious, precious child in the world in his arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really becomes that, that intimate, I think. I really do. It feels that way. Yeah. yeah. I loved how you brought up how diverse Africa is because mm-hmm. that's another thing that gets missed a lot. It's such a, yeah, a lot of people huge, massive continent and there's so much cultural, linguistic, racial mm-hmm. diversity within the continent of Africa. And unfortunately that gets missed so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's, I think that's part of the thing that um, I want to do with this podcast and that I feel that we can do is to continue to bring up the diversity of the world that we're in and especially places that are not as well known. So, for example, we'll start with bigger countries and go towards smaller ones or bigger places and Mm -hmm. start towards go towards smaller places. And uh, the whole the whole thing for me is that like. I think in this particular group of us who are podcasting, we have thankfully traveled and been around. But the 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 idea, idea I think is a lot of people don't get this chance or they don't take the chance to to really take time to learn about cultures. And I mm-hmm. and so I'm really so grateful that you brought that one up because I remember we were talking about it another day and then you were like, is this the time to bring that up? And I was like, wait, what? But now I remember our conversation. And so <laughs> I think that, I think it was perfect for you to introduce that here because as we were, as we were talking about Africa generally today, um, this is excellent. It's an excellent kind of segue into that. So, yeah, I think, uh, Johnny, even in America, doing that thing it always it is an incorporation of the culture <clears throat> you know and you see the different parts of the culture you know as it is uh, we, what makes the Africa so difficult is, is that uh, portraying that culture is very difficult right because a lot of that culture isn't exactly verbally easy to put across <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they get there's the a lot of history and lots yeah, of yeah. cultural context. Places have grown huge, massive, incredible, towering. Like monuments have grown in Africa and have fallen many yeah. times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Many times. And then the, 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 I mean, the remember when they used to write about all those things, the writer Haggard, those chappies. It's always right about like it was that, that that sort of the gold in Africa and this thing, but it was always the mysterious, the, the mystery of the African jungles and yeah, know, like it like it was like this somehow this like strange yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you always portrayed as such. Always portrayed like, as such. You know, it, is, it is. It is. It's more confused than anything. But it's, <laughs> I always say people. You know, they yeah. say, oh, how so bad there, you know, in South Africa. Oh, it sounds terrible, you know. Oh, God. You know, it. And, like, you know, I'm kind of going, well, you know, I mean, look, the whole world is terrified. We're just confused, and it's true. Right. You know? We're confused, you know. I mean, we've got the best thieves in the world, the best, and I mean the best. I mean, they, they, they can take anything like that. It's beautiful to watch. Um, but... Uh, It's very difficult to explain it to someone. Yes. It's like seeing the world with the lid off. You see, like, different... Like Mumbai. It's like all those places. It's like India. Yeah, like India. Yeah. Ever. I mean, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. It's very much like a minimized version. We only know of certain stereotypes, even about India. And India has such a Plus rich, you've been there. Deep, so beautiful. Yeah. I haven't, but my mom has, but I have yet to go. Um, that to me is, is what, what, what film is about. That is what about entertainment is about. All these things are about is trying to capture an essence of it. Like you brought up with the music, capture the essence of it and bring yeah. it forward. If one can do that, just a small touch of it to be able to give just a small taste to an audience of what a place is like, you know, or yeah. how, it just that's, oh, that is right now, that's rock and roll. That's I'm glad cool. that we're doing the format of going to different countries. Uh, there's so much magic out in the world and most yeah. of it is just not known to the general public. It's really unfortunate. Well, there's a lot to know, you know. You travel through Africa and a lot of the ancient instruments are gone, you know, because the, the guys who knew how to play them are gone. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the, the different sounds and things that you find uh, as you move around is mind-blowing. Yeah. It is yeah. mind-blowing. You can travel like a thousand kilometers and be in a completely different cultural like environment. It's it's another world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Just like you say with, with uh, yeah. And Africa, yeah. Is Africa what it is? It is. No, it's not Australia. Nostra. La cosa nostra. La cosa nostra. Hey, uh, cool. okay, See, no, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's true. It is, it is like, I'm always so fascinated by that kind of thing, like where you, you ex- can explain something to someone or whatever, but then you have to actually experience it for it to actually click, Correct. you know? Uh, yeah. Well, that's. I love that roomy thing, you know, the, 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 it's the place of right and wrong, la, 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 la. and you know, there's this, and then somewhere there, there's a field. Meet me there. <laughs> you know, right. that's the field of no question, place of no question. Yeah. Mm. So mm. I think it's a good, we have a good kind of segue for now to, to go to the questions uh, about the industry questions um, and uh, advice section. And uh, then we'll wrap this because we've been having some lovely conversation for a little while and getting a little later. So go ahead. Uh, you can ask your, your questions. We're going to, we'll take as many as we have energy for. Okay. Yes. Because I know that it is later in the day for some of our podcast hosts. Yeah. This is kind of, um, before the industry, uh, questions. 
this is kind of more towards the people who are completely new to the field of opera in the sense that they don't really have much oh, yeah. experience with it. This. So, oh. yes. So, um, how would you want someone to approach opera? This is someone who has never listened to opera, has zero experience. What would you recommend to them? You know, would you recommend that they listen to a specific opera, do a little research? This is before, you know, presumably attending a live opera for the first time. But what's your advice and your guide into easing people into the world of opera? Johnny, you're Who's on going mute. <laughs> okay, well, why not? Well, I don't want to roll. Um, <laughs> my greatest suggestion would be because, I mean, you do get people who are very, very uh, shy of uh, um, um, embracing their emotions. <clears throat> Opera is emotional. Yeah. Life's emotional. Opera is dramatic. Life's dramatic. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is. We live in a pretty yeah. dramatic thing. So you can't escape that. However, um, on a good sound system, in a comfortable chair, where one can hear possibly the best aria that you know of, or the best of the best, of even Pavarotti even. They've never heard of Pavarotti, which um, is impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. But let's say, let's say, sit them down and just ask them to close their eyes. And ask them to feel the music. Now you either do or not. But I can tell you now, if, if, if Pavarotti cannot take your heart and soul and throw it into the sky, then my friend, I need to come and help you. I need to come <laughs> with those things like the pedals, you know, from the doctor and shock you. Yeah, because it's 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 passion. It's yeah. passion. And it is the, the truth. This is what's the people ah. Because what is the truth? There is no truth, you know? And yet within a voice like that, that or a sound like that can be produced from someone with the heart and the soul within it, crying in there. That can explain for me, or give me the feeling of truth. Because I don't believe in truth as an expression, I believe in truth as a feeling. It's an experience. Thereafter, it's just, you know, you, you're telling people. Um, but there is the sublime place where the gift is given to you of where you can touch truth and know what that feels like. Pure. There are many places that come Yeah. So to come in with emotional vulnerability and honesty to the first experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they don't have to. It's like just, just take it. You know, take it. Be humble to it and take it. Close your eyes and just let it, like, feel it. And if a person can feel it, oh come on, who's not going to be hooked up to that? Yeah, it's I like think the fix. It's a fix. I'm telling you now. Yeah, I'll tell. I'll tell you what I what I do sometimes for friends that haven't been to the opera, if like I want to invite them to the opera, uh, we will, if they are have, if they express interest, first of all, the first thing I do is like Johnny, I make them sit down and actually enjoy the savor, maybe have a glass of wine and just savor a piece. Uh, maybe it's Anna Trebko singing something or or Nino Surgalatz, or Calais, or Montserrat Caballé, or somebody who is really just amazing. Or if they if they're more into something, and I'll ask kind of what mood they're in or what kind of feeling they're in. So sometimes we may have a Ildebrando Diamic or or somebody else giving this basso room like amazing like. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of see what vibe they're having, if they want something funny or serious, or whatever. 
And then I let them listen to it. And then I explain, of course, they don't know the language. I explain to them what it is. But usually I'm going to the opera with people who know a few languages because of my line of whatever. But one time, for example, I went to the opera with a friend. She doesn't know more than two languages and she doesn't know Italian to save her life. But I just mm-hmm. basically went uh, went uh, through the libretto a little bit with her before we went and was like, Okay, they will have subtitles here on the on the top of the stage and the fly line. They'll, they'll probably be projecting subtitles, which they were. Um, if you want to follow along, if you want to read along and just listen while you while you watch while you're watching, that's cool. Or you can actually watch the characters and just feel and and uh, kind of get to know what they're saying without watching subtitles. It's up to you. I kind of explained that. And then, of course, like you have to explain to them, like after the performance, usually it's polite if the opera was good to stand. Uh, if the opera was not good, <laughs> then of course that's up to you. But usually it's polite to stand. And then, like, of course, some of the other little etiquette items, like um, you applaud after each after each song and if you're really feeling caught up in the music it's okay to applaud a little bit but don't talk if they're in the middle like little little etiquette items and then mm-hmm. usually we'll have i'll give them a copy of of the lyrics uh for for some of the main arias uh or the main 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 ones that are most popular and then i'll give them the translation so they can read that ahead of going um mm-hmm. And then once we get there, I usually like they usually will have a drink beforehand or whatever and be calm and like not stressed. I usually tell them to do that if they're a drinker or have or if they're not to just kind of put themselves in the mindset of of relaxation, of restfulness so that they can enjoy the most. And I'm the person, for example, that tries to get third row center or a fourth or fifth or sixth yeah. row. That's my preferred yeah. listening area. Um, and then I usually will bring my friend there or or business colleague or whoever and let them sit there and actually receive the fullness of what is that piece. And then we do a talk, excuse me, we do a talk back afterwards. Uh, usually, unless we're, we may do a talk back with the artists if we're, doing one of those or like at dinner with them, or we'll do it like post with drinks with friends. And we just discuss, what did you feel, uh, you know, with dinner? Like, what, what did you feel? How did you feel about the performance? What do you think about the acting? Did you enjoy this? What song touched you? Like, and they really just open up. They're just like, wow, I never experienced something like this. And it's so wonderful. And, and, and then they just go on and we have like two hour conversations about opera for fun. And, then you get them to reflect on it and say, you know, was this something that you really enjoyed? Is this something you would do again? And almost every time they say, this is something that's like really other and I really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, depending on the person, what languages do they know? How, um, how well versed in history are you? Blah, blah, blah. Like there's many uh, mm. considerations. Yeah. Lots of different factors. And it's such a healing aspect to it. There's so many yes. other ways. Uh, because I remember when I was introduced to opera, it was at a time where, where uh, I, I had not really kind of, uh, I, I held very tight to emotion, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the showing of emotion, things like that, you know, and I yeah. held it back and tight, you know. Um, and, and, uh, I remember feeling like how I desperately I wanted to start crying because of what I was feeling. Yeah. Because of what I was feeling. And I that that, that, that there is you can go to a million years of therapy and not get that. You know? Yeah. Um it's <laughs> truly, truly. And then these are these are certain aspects about the arts that like many don't realize. They go, look, nah, dude, I'm an engineer. You know, you must understand. My head works in a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, just I'm come serious. to the opera, buddy. 
And then uh, we find out. God said this to me, and I like you know this. I know that you you, you understand this. You understand these things. You know, you, you but me, I don't. I, I just don't get it. You know those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, you don't get it because you don't know why you need to get it or why you would want to get it. <laughs> you actually, there has to be something there that you would want. Yes. And when it comes down to the simple facts of here is your space where you're safe, yes, anonymous, and you can sit and someone can take your heart and they can hold it for you, mm-hmm. lift it for you um, safely. Yeah. And in that moment, you can feel your true self inside of the emotion. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's like, and then you might find that you're weeping because of a song that brings yeah. up a memory or a feeling that you had at one yeah. time, but then you forgot about it. And then this like yeah. image will come, or like you might find yourself laughing really hard, for example, with a, uh, with the magic flute. And it's like all these like two two birds singing and the entire song is etc. And it's funny as heck. And the only thing they're doing is pop And even if you don't know the language is so funny. And you just find yourself laughing really hard. And you don't know why you're laughing really hard. They just took you to the next level. And it uh I love it. Yeah. Anyway, without words, without using language. It says they're music. Just music, yeah. I'll send you the papagena Aya. You'll see what I mean. It's really funny. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Ask your next Thank one. Thank you so much. I want to thank uh, you she's very a much. Oh, thank you, Johnny. It's so really, great hearing all of your stories. Yeah, thank you. Um, I always look forward to hearing all of your sage words and the um, sort of musical way that you talk about the arts and the deep love that you have for it. It's definitely readily apparent to me, like from the beginning. I have no idea why I do. I do sit here. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable no matter what. It is yeah. an unstoppable thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. Thank you for that. Oh. Um, I was wondering if I could ask you both another question. Sure, help yourself. I'll do two or three if you're if you're up for it, Johnny. Okay. Um, I'm so here. I'm at my leisure. <laughs> you were both talking earlier about you know different theaters and you know whether one theater has good sound acoustics and sort of just the. Um, I'm too big. and and sort of how uh, opera is almost like a tangible experience. Um, So this is kind of more for the people who are on the tech side of the industry, Um, you know, whether it's audio or, you know, lighting, how would you advise people who maybe want to sort of switch gears into more of an operatic experience? venture rather than a traditional theater production what what are some differences that they need to look for and how they approach you're the building you're talking about the building or are you talking about the, the actual um like building. sound tech no the any people who are if you could put any good sound engineer into a building to be able to make that place acoustically divine is not mm-hmm. expensive no, all. it's not. Knowing where to place, you know that, is knowing where to place, you know, and what to place where in order for that to bounce because that's what sound does. But you don't want bouncing. You want it to roll, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring it out. Roll, baby. Like, There's nothing more to buy than being able to, to, to throw your voice in a place and that voice, you can actually hear it hitting into a cave. Uh-huh. There's a little like indentation there, and it just goes whoop, over there, and it comes back to you, bam, like that. So it flows right through, and you're going, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's. Are there different ways to set up with yeah. an opera uh, rather than yeah. Uh, yeah, versus? Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, it's a. You also, in the microphone time, you know, we've got microphones going and things like that. But even with microphones, um, and you know, working with with the technicals that we have at our uh, fingertips now, your environment that you're working in has to be acoustically sound for what you are doing right. at that time. And and like mm-hmm. you said, it's not expensive to just simply and movable and workables that can be shifted and et cetera. Like for example, yeah, you know, like for example, like if you have a shape, like a harp, a harp shaped venue like this, Mm -hmm. that's how a lot of the old venues are because if you place the seats and the, the thing the the, the sound will go up like a spiraling up to, to the top Mm -hmm. of the venue. Also the chairs that you use can have certain resonance as well so the type of wood that you have on the chairs can have a certain resonance um oh wow additionally the audience is gonna change the sound a lot especially what they feel too can change the sound um Mm -hmm. then you have your stage your stage needs to have certain wood i i prefer the Mm -hmm. like nice old theaters personally that have a very nice residence because they made them all of really good quality wood. They have, they have a lovely fly space, which that's another factor. Uh, You have to make sure your fly space is correct and that your fly lines are not interacting with your sound (laughs) because some people accidentally (laughs) melt their sound wrong and then just bad things happen. But, um, so like your sight lines, cannot be obscured by your sound system, but it's like this. If you have your left fill, your right fill, your center fill, and you have good subs, you don't have to spend millions and millions and millions and millions. You can just use a like Yamaha. Even you can just put in a Yamaha sound system and you have a fine sound. You don't have to do like all these like high end, like Claire brothers needs to come in to your place and do it. Like That's not necessary. Because you're turning that thing down anyway, because the technology has become such a like, is it the technology has joined such a, uh, almost a, a dead point, a mute point, so right. to speak, because it's added such a place and its accessibility and, and ease of use is so fantastic that right. I mean, the sounds that are produced now are like, oh, wow. Um, but within the theater itself, I would always suggest. Before you go and like the guys go, nobody ever thinks about sound. They're always thinking about the visual. I think about the, the visual light, all the time. And, the and the that, and the that. Uh, sound, sound, the sound is, is the most everything. important. It's your most everything is your sound, please. Oh. And what it would hurt oh. to like hire a sound like proper. Yeah, hire a sound for, for, the the for a day or two or three. To come in and aya here sell. Yes, it no, will it's save true. so much. It will uh, save it, so much money. You save so much money. I like see here, sound is a sensitive topic. Oh, I'm sorry. We are <laughs> we're gonna go on forever. <laughs> you can find another question before Johnny and I run you to the ground with sound systems. No, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a horror movie. Well, my next question is actually about sound and it's kind of more of a practical because you were talking about the Shanghai theater and your grievances with it, with sound. And you said that you can do interesting things with sound and you don't need to spend millions and millions of dollars. So what are some practical uh, things that you can apply in an economical way in that specific theater? In that theater? Oh, yes. Please, God, just, <laughs> just warm the place, please. First of all, cold. they need it. That, that's true. So there's a lot of humidity. Let's start with that. There's a lot of humidity in the air uh, mm-hmm. in that in that area. So let's just talk about humidity factor. Number one, you need to install dehumidifiers to make sure the, the, the space does not get any humidity inside of it. That's bad for your mm-hmm. opera singers. That's bad for your your sound system that's bad for everything but you know what when i was in there what do you know it was very humid (laughs) and and i'm telling you 
I know the I know people that work in the theater. There's really high quality people, but there's the thing is they don't understand venue design. So first of all, get to a humidifying system and insulate mm-hmm. your building. That's step one, in my opinion. <laughs> like properly dehumidifier. Okay. Yes, like because your sound, <laughs> you if you don't have a dehumidifier, your technology is not going to last very long. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. And the second thing I would do is like, for example, they rely there. The, so there are like clouds. Do you know what I mean by clouds? Like that you can have mm-hmm. that, that like the, we call them clouds. They're like little mm-hmm. uh, barrier things that you can put on. Yeah. What do you call them? What, oh, I can't remember the word in English, but anyway, you put them, you can stagger them like this. Okay, so it's like little pieces of like wood or whatever you want. And you can, not little, they're bigger, but you can put them uh, so that you can move the sound up and out through your through your theater by just adjusting the clouds. Now, I think in the that theater space, the, the sound is just dying as it bumps, it comes out and it just dies. It doesn't, it doesn't float back. So you have to... Right. And it doesn't go surround either because there's no. The, I'll show you a picture of this if I can share my screen. No, but it makes sense. I mean, it makes complete sense because you've got your heat sitting underneath, so hot at the bottom. Everything and anything that's going out to that audience is not coming through, yeah, and around. It's right. coming whoosh, like you said. It's whoosh. And so this you is know? the, this is the Shanghai Grand Theater, and you'll see how it's not exactly the best setup hold on let me share this with you okay i'm going to share share my screen you know, it looks pretty on the outside but it was really you know opera now, man. i really do i i've got to say the embracing of it to to into a, a different era it's it's it, one i have no idea whatsoever of what could happen tomorrow as concerns every single thing on this, on, in the arts, on this planet, whatever. But in the arts, no idea. Because it has come to that time of, it's almost like a revolution within the arts of abandoning, so not abandoning, but you still So this is the theater it. set up. Yeah, you see, it looks like pretty. Yeah. It's pretty, but it doesn't work. So you see how these are the, oh, supposed to be the clouds? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't it doesn't work. And you see this 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 these these walls and stuff, they don't resonate the sound off. And it's very boxy. So you're losing the you see what I mean? It's flat. I know, it's terribly flat. So I was flat. Your audience is sitting there (laughs) condensing everything, condensed the sound in the day flat, completely flat, condensed, and then where does it go? Oh, Nowhere. no, don't go to those people at the back. No, they're just dancing little men. It just oh, dies, as you can oh, see. Oh, it goes right up there. Oh, look at that. Yes. Because there's oh, yeah. a tunnel. It's completely horrible. But the outside is really pretty. Let me see if I can. Oh, no, no, I'm sure it's a beautiful place. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. They have, like nice, they have nice amenities, catering, la di da da but they forgot to design the main concert hall, probably. That's yeah. And see, this is the difference between people is one of those things that just never get brought up. It never is. I bring it up in my production. I don't mean think before going into a theater. Okay. But we'll have a have a meeting after you've like done a Reiki of a theater. And sat down, and the first thing you talk about is listen, what are the acoustics on this place? That's the first oh, thing I talk happening. about when I go that. Well, go yeah. yeah. This is the difference between yeah. professionals and a layman because I look at the picture of the opera. I'm like, oh, lovely, a lovely new shiny opera. I mean, sorry, a venue. I, I, and you both, as soon as you saw the picture, were going off about, oh, the sound has nowhere to go and <laughs> it <laughs> goes into a dead end. And I'm I like, tell yes. you, you channel it right. You channel it right. And this is, this is one of those. Oh, why people get so astounded when they find these old ruins and they sit in the middle of like what was the theaters in Greece, wherever. And it's you're right there. And you can speak quite normally, and I promise you, a person sitting right at the back will hear it. They'll hear it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, this is not a, this is not a, like a tourist. It's not spot. a hard thing to do. You just, wow. I've done it. I've still done it, but it, uh, yeah. 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 Anyway. I, I would love to attend a performance at one of those venues. I, I actually visited one Malta. of them. Don't and... move with us. We'll go. Malta's doing it now. They've got the most wonderful Coliseum thing. You know, it's like, a, mm-hmm. it's an amphitheater. Which for years mm-hmm. they didn't because of the war that happened by our rubbish. Now they've jacked the place up. It is one of the most beautiful amphitheaters. Oh. And, and, and of course the ambience yeah. of Malta. Uh, or like um, you could go to Red Rocks in yeah. in the US. Red, Rocks. Yeah. Red yeah. Rocks has the best sound for for um, for performing venues that are not like natural sound in in US. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I think they have one in Turkey too, like an ancient like greek amphitheater and they were having an actual orchestra performance for a couple of days i was there just as a tourist so i didn't catch a performance but i was like what a what an experience that would have been mm-hmm. to just be there with the history and everything plus the music and the acoustics it's a marvel you know, where I am, it's like music happening everywhere. I mean, yeah. people, when they walk in the street past my house, you hear them singing. You know, oh, wow. uh, you hear singing there. And then we'll be doing like rock over here. And like just the other day, I'll walk outside and I'll hear some like gospel guys practicing these oh. beautiful voices. You know, it's so just odd. You know, it's like kind of unexpected, you know. And, you got the rust house, you know, down that end of the day, and you got your like house boys over there, you know, the house party guys there, and the trap party boys there. And it's just divine. It's divine. <laughs> That's the best thing. Yeah. yeah so what's it? Oh, I turn that music up. Yeah. I like music. Actually, I blew Rock up on. my. I have really bad tinnitus because when I was working with hip hop and R and B artists. It's destroyed my upper range. So yeah. I'm like trying oh not to gosh. go deaf while I'm 50. So I'm going to, I'm like a little bit less loud than before. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Because, I mean, I've lost resonances so many years ago already. You know, I, along the way, you hear certain ones go in certain times. You know, <laughs> you you know, you do. You just literally hear this thing going. Yeah, I hear almost all the time in my ears, like. Yeah, yeah. So then, when I'm editing, I have to be like, "No, that's my frequency. That's not the frequency." I know you're not hearing it on the thing. Yeah. Oh, does it come with the territory? Yeah, for if you done live sound for a long time, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what 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 what, uh, you know how uh, powerful sound is. Yeah. You know, when they speak about using sound, you can, you, you can, you can, you can absolutely destroy walls with sound because the right equipment. That's true. Uh huh. Right <laughs> it's That's fun. I actually, I well, I actually almost blew a house, a uh, uh, venue down that was constructed terribly yeah. because I didn't know that it was constructed horribly until we started putting out sounded like a proper DB, yeah. and then the walls started going. Vroom. Get the bass note, when the bass pulls in on that level, it's uncontrollable because it starts waving. Yeah, it's Have like you notice that it becomes a monster of its own. It like starts going boom, 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 you don't know where it's gonna go. It's true. You heard that here, guys. Uh, sound can bring down the material. I'll give one. I'll give one advice step for the people. Like, if you want to make a venue. Please consider your sound first. I think that's the world, the first. story. You want to make a movie? Please consider your sound first. Yes. You want to do yes. Safe production? Please consider your sound first. Well, this is what we should just make as our PSA every time. This has been another production of Seconds. Please consider your sound first. I mean, I hate that's to the say, theme of this episode. People will be giving beautiful performances out there, China, but chances are people won't see it. But, like, man, if you let them hear it, you won't believe how much they will see. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. 
Well, I'm glad that we had a, this good conversation today. It's, it's very mm-hmm. much my pleasure and my honors. Um, so we will be back next week, next time. And of course, this is a two part of this, uh, this particular theme. We'll do it in two parts as usual. And then next week we will go to, we'll start going from bigger spaces to smaller spaces. That's how I'm going to call it. Bigger spaces or countries or places to smaller spaces. So we'll be with Russia first because we'll officially begin this bigger spaces to smaller spaces and then we'll keep going. So I'm really looking forward to traveling around the world with with you all and uh, stay tuned for more of our featured presentation. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.